We're Tim and Susan, and we love the Word, and we love living real. So we invite you to join us as we look at the Word this week and life this week. Hey, welcome to uh, the next episode of Tim and Susan's Semi-Exegetical Adventure. Uh, if that's the name that we're sticking with for now. Uh, how's the week? Good. The week has been good. So it's not late into the week yet, so it's still good. All right. So quick question. I went uh, into the raceway, uh, racetrack gas station the other day. Okay. And they have posters all over the place for Reese's Donuts. No. It's Reese's and it's a donut. No. Well, maybe. I don't I don't know. I'm not I mean I like Reese's, but I like Reese's by themselves Reese's. Like I like a Reese's Easter egg and I like the Reese's cups like uh, Christmas trees and I like the Reese's Halloween pumpkins, but I don't know about the donut. I don't need that. Just give me the Reese's or give me the donut. My favorite donut is regular like a yeast baked fried, I don't know what they are. Um donut with the strawberry frosting and like the pink Bright frosting that looks like Pepto-Bismol and sprinkles. <laughs> the Pepto-Bismol do- donut. Yes. Yes. Well, I have not tried one of the Reese's donuts, but I got to tell you, after I'm in the gas station, there's probably 45 minutes that I'm still thinking about it, wondering whether I should have tried one. I have been home with you for several hours, and so you haven't been to that gas station in a little while, and you're still thinking about it. So it's true. It's true. I wonder if that's on your list for tomorrow morning. They have a couple different ones that. I really want to know how they work. Like what? What kind of? I don't like. like there's like some. There's no. There's like Reese's. Like one of them looks like an eclair, and one of them looks like a traditional round. What if it's like dough. filled with peanut butter? I have no way to know without trying one. Go get it tomorrow. We'll report back. All right. Uh, hey, how about the word this week? Uh, what what do you, what's stirring in you? What yes. what are you wondering about? You better get ready. Hold on tight and buckle up because I am pretty like excited about this verse. I thought it might be from Numbers and I thought it might be from John because that's what I was going to be digging into. But actually the study that I'm prepping for led me to Jeremiah. And a few people that will listen here, they know where I'm going with this already because this has been a favorite verse and just a really, woo, light me up verse um, for several years now. So it's Jeremiah 2, chapter 13. It says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So I think, man, that just really... That's it. I should just read it and you know what I'm saying. Like you just should just read my mind with like all the things I have to say about this. Um, but I love it that it's it's Jeremiah. He's clearly speaking and preaching to Israel and um, he's been sent to declare and preach to them and tell them this is what you've done wrong. And the Lord says, you know, go tell them this. But I love that there's two evils. I mean, I don't love that yeah, there's Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> you're, you're not pro-evil. I love the clarity of the verse, that there are two evils, that he that the people have forsaken God. He says, forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and they've dug the broken cisterns. And I just love that. I, I love the cistern thing because when we connect with that and understand, like, they were just digging these things that were broken. They were just digging these things that were never going to work. And we, they literally didn't hold water, they and their purpose was to water. yes, to hold, hold water. water. Yeah. Yes, um, but I just I 
I love it because I think even in reading it again for another time, I, this fresh time, I thought they weren't. It wasn't like, oh, these cisterns were dug. Like they dug, dugged, dugged, digged. They were dug and I don't know. They past tense were dug. Um, and then these cisterns were dug. And like then after a while, they got old. After a while, they got broken. And like he doesn't say like you were relying on things that are old and broken or things that, that aren't, haven't lasted. No, this is like to begin with. Because of your first evil, you've forsaken him. Then the second evil that you continue digging these cisterns. I just, I think for this time, I just realized how much this wasn't like, oh, sometimes like wells would run dry in the Old Testament, right? right? right like right. they would eventually just run out of water and say, okay, we need to dig a new well. But this wasn't that. It was like On their from best the get go. On their best day, they never had it. Yes. And these people were digging these, and physically, not representatively, they were digging these wells, these cisterns to hold water. Do you know how much work that is? I mean, I don't know. We have not been well digging <laughs> together lately. But I can just imagine the amount of work it would take in the desert, out there, wherever they were, to dig a well was going to be an immense amount of work. So not only is it, this is valueless, this is folly. This is ridiculous. This is putting all of your hope and dreams in the wrong places. But it, they were working really hard at it, too. Right. So right. I think I was really struck by that this week. Um, and then I'm always struck by the first part, going back to yeah. evil number one, that, that they've forsaken me, the fountains of living water, the fount of living water. And I went through, and I've been looking to see... Um, how many times in the Old Testament do you think that God calls himself the fount of living waters? Whoa. 27. No. <laughs> I have Higher or lower? Lower. Lower. Lower, lower, lower. The only time... 26. It's in Jeremiah, and I'm going to turn my pages a little bit noisily here. Sorry, I'll try to keep it quiet. But uh, the other time in Jeremiah is Jeremiah 17, 13. And it says, O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake you shall be put to shame. They're probably put to shame because they're out there digging some cisterns that aren't going to work. That's pretty embarrassing. Um, but those who turn away from you shall be written in the earth, for they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living water. So it seems to be one of Jeremiah's phrases and ways that God has called himself to Jeremiah to tell the people. Otherwise, it's mentioned slightly, like maybe the fount of water in Zechariah. And in Psalm 36, um, he's called the fountain of life, which would be the fount of living water. Um, but that's it. I mean, that's all I could find. There may be more. Please don't like write in and tell us like there's like 63 places you missed it. because 27. I, no, no, because I looked in the commentary and that's in like in my I think you would see that. I think you would also see that in John 4 with the woman well, no, at the no, no, well. No, no, no. I'm saying Old Testament. Old Testament. Okay. How many times do you see it in the Old Testament? Now, once you get to the New Testament, it's incredibly familiar that it just the water i give you yeah the the woman at the well you know um i'm giving you living water if you drink this forever um he might even call is it one of the i ams yeah i am the bread i am the gate i am the shepherd so it may not be the i am i am i don't know i didn't look that up or prep it ahead of time but it just seems way more familiar to us in the new testament but clearly that part of jeremiah is going to be 
seen and felt and heard when Jesus comes and says, I am the living water. I'm going to flow. You know, you're going to flow. I'm going to flow through you is living water. They're going to think back to Jeremiah's sermon and yeah. be like, wait a second. We've heard this before. And at its core, it's God just saying, not only have you walked away from me, but you've right. walked away from me for, for that. Yes. And how often do you think he says that to us today? Well, no, I wasn't going to ask that question and go there because, <laughs> no, but that's oh. exactly it. And, and though we say, I haven't forsaken God, I mean, I wouldn't say like I've forsaken God, but anytime we find ourselves digging emptiness, digging, chasing after, yes, digging our own cisterns, digging, chasing after, looking after, longing for, working at, putting great effort into things that are nothing for emptiness that aren't going to hold anything, especially value of eternity, anything with eternal value, then we have, number one, forsaken God. Right. It seems like the moment you forsake God, too, like there, it probably comes into evils because the moment you forsake God, you're yeah. going to be turning to something else. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever you say no to him for or chase after is a broken cistern. Right. No, right. no matter what right. it is. Right. So those two evils... Second place in the universe is a broken cistern. Yes. And so whatever, um, whatever it is, those two evils seem to go hand in hand. Right. Always. I yeah. don't think you can ever forsake God without Where God says, else. oh, well, I understand. Of course yes, you would choose that. Yes, exactly. No. Oh, you forsook me. We're going to have a hard time with our verbs this time. Forsaken me. You forsaken me. Um, but that's okay. I understand because you only did that. Yeah. It didn't lead to like number two evil. Yeah. So it was just really familiar to me that, I, I don't know, but it still was fresh. Every time I read it, um, it just reminds you, makes you really think like today, what have I done today that's digging a broken cistern? Just think about it. That's mm -hmm. it. So what you got? What you bring into the table? <laughs> well, I'm going to start teaching on Ruth in a couple of different uh, settings. And so I'm spending time in Ruth. And so part of what happens when, when I study the Word of God, and I think a lot of people study the Word of God, there is this, this filter that we come through of reading the Word of God. But there's also this, this shower of memory of all of the teachings we've heard about that passage oh, of Scripture. Yeah. Like so Ruth. It, it just kind of comes down on top of that, and it's hard to get straight back to the text without just hearing other people's commentary on it. Yes. I was about to say, the only thing I remember, not the only thing, but a thing I remember like that about Ruth is the VeggieTale movie, and then I realized, oh wait, that was Esther, not Ruth. So never mind. I don't even remember the VeggieTale movie of Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just right in the opening verse of Ruth. Ruth chapter 1, verse 1, it says, when in the days judges... When the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man named a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his sons. Um, and it says that they left because there was a famine. And I guess I I don't know. It just seems like there's just been a popular teaching of time to really kind of stick it to Elimelech uh, for leaving Bethlehem to go to Moab to find food. And the teaching really kind of hinges on the idea that the word Bethlehem means house of bread. And so that there is this idea why on earth would Elimelech leave the house of bread uh, to go to Moab, which was not part of the promised land, to find bread. And mm -hmm. I, 
I think some of that is a little bit unfair. Uh, I'll tell you why he left Bethlehem, the yeah. house of bread. Yeah, why? Because there was no bread. Okay, I was about to say, like, but it says clearly there was a famine in the land. Yeah. So There's some expectation that says Elimelech should have stayed in Bethlehem and waited for God to provide. And I, man, I just don't see that in the text. I see this as a man taking care of his family. And he picks them up and says, we're going to go find work and we're going to go find food and I'm going to take care of my family. Mm -hmm. Now, part of what happens is that when he gets to Moab, he dies and his two sons die. And and I think maybe there's a little bit of a sense like, aha, see what happens when you leave the house of bread looking for, for food. But again, I don't see the text saying aha. And what Do I, you think that other people would have left Bethlehem also to go find, to the country of Moab to find bread? Yeah, it's a good, I'm, I can't believe that Elimelech was the only person who left to right, go do that. Right. I, I would think that he wouldn't. But I think that in the rest of the text, we see Naomi as a person of faith. We see right. her daughters-in-law's look to her and identify what her faith is. So it's Mm -hmm. not like Elimelech left Bethlehem and therefore he left the household of God and that he left his faith. When he was in Moab, they identified the faith that he had. And so I don't know, I just think it's a little bit tough. And I, I guess I just think about that in terms of application today is that there are times that people make decisions that we don't always understand mm. and we can be kind of quick to say, what were they doing? That wasn't a great faith decision. What mm. were they? But you know what? Sometimes we don't know. Right. And we have to kind of look at their overall faith and, and people can seek God and be faithful to God doing things differently than you would do them. Mm. And I don't know, my hat's off to Elimelech because I... Because I would be hungry and be like, Man, go find me some bread. Yeah, and so he picks up and says, yeah. we're going to go take care of this. But right. he carries his faith with him mm-hmm. where he goes. He does not go and worship the God of Moab mm-hmm. or the God of the Moabites. He goes and he is identified as having a separate faith in that place. And then you, you see that the rest of his family continues to be marked by faith. And in fact, his daughter-in-law becomes part of the family tree of the Messiah. So I, mm-hmm. I think that there's more evidence of blessing on that family then so there's than nothing in there in the opening chapters there's nothing there's no negative word no it's just the word play on leaving bethlehem to find food but it doesn't even say he left bethlehem it said that he, he was, was a, a man, man of, bethlehem. of bethlehem so yeah he but i mean the assumption is, so I mean, is that's that he's, where he was from but it also uh, says like in the new testament which says jesus of nazareth or yeah. nazareth or i mean there's lots of people that yeah, they say no, he was a man they were, of it says such they were, and such he, Ethrites from Bethlehem and Judah. Okay. Uh, they went into the country of Moab and remained there. Mm. But it's more of an identifier than it is a. I don't know, but no, I mean, but there's people the word smarter play. than me that have. Yeah, but I think sometimes. But I think, said, no, but I think that's part of what I'm saying is that sometimes people are over smart, mm. and just because there's a word play there doesn't mean that we have to mine this incredible mm-hmm. truth and insight because I, I think that the overall flow of the text is not negative to Elimelech or to his family. Yeah. But if you play with that definition of Bethlehem, then you can really pound on that. And I think there are just some guys, some teachers that found that or, or mm-hmm. emphasized that and everyone's like, oh yeah, think of the irony of leaving mm-hmm. Bethlehem mm-hmm. to go find food. Well, you know why? Because Bethlehem had no food. 
Yeah. And yeah. so that's what they did. Doesn't seem wrong. So, so uh, here's a quick question. Uh, who wrote the book of Ruth? Man, I had no idea. Oh. <laughs> I stumped you. I'm like, here we are in this. Because I thought, I just wanted to know if whoever wrote the book of Ruth gave this impression, they would have had a bias in that one way or the other. You know, that perhaps the author of Ruth would have done that. Um, They would, knowing the author and how they wrote, even though God spoke the words, that it would be clear like, oh, it was kind of meant as a slam, you know, based on who the author was. No, Judges has no defined author. And Ruth is connected to that because it says when the days that Judah or the Ju- the judges ruled. Uh-huh. So it's it's kind of giving it a same, same time frame, but I, I don't mm-hmm. see any evidence of who wrote the okay. book of Ruth. Next time we'll have to study it more. So, okay, that is the word for this week. We should, hey, check in on life for this week. Hey, I'm ready. All right, stay tuned. All right, Tim. So it is time for our uh, smiley face and frowny face for the week. So we're going to start with your... Which one do you want to start with? Uh, we're going to start with smiley. Start with your smiley face. Because I'm that what kind of a What made you smile? Person. Tell me what made you smile. It's very simple and it involved you today. Does it involve a Coke successfully gotten, a Diet Coke successfully gotten at McDonald's? Well, it does involve McDonald's. Okay. I will just tell you though, we did have somebody ask, wait a second, from the first episode, why didn't you just go through the drive-thru? Because the drive-thru was already wrapped around yes, the building. So going true. into the counter was supposed to make yes. my life easier. Okay, tell me about your smiley McDonald's this week. So today we were on the road. You were going one place. I was going to another place. We were both heading to completely different places. And in the meantime, we checked in on each other on the phone. And uh, on our way back into town, uh, I called you and we were talking and you were giving me a list of things. And you told me, um, you were telling me about lunch and you said, uh, I had lunch at McDonald's today. That's a really long story. And silly me. Yep. I said, wait a minute, how come, how can I had lunch at McDonald's today be a really long story? Yes, that's exactly how it went. Yeah, that was bad on me because it turned out it was a really long story and I just chuckled Listen, you asked for it. You were like, really? I don't believe that that's a really long story. And so I was like, okay, fine. I'll I'll start you from the beginning of this. And And I, I chuckled because... I will never question your ability yes. to tell me to that make it's a, a story long story. Long. <laughs> yes. To have I'm a like, long story. I asked for this. Why I'm did I do really this? I'm not really sure if your smiley face is laughing at me because it wasn't with me and it no, wasn't no. even laughable. I was laughing I, with you because it, like, it I shouldn't have questioned yeah, you. I shouldn't right. have doubted you. Hey, I have a and... new smiley face for this week. You don't doubt me or question me. <laughs> no. Um, okay, so that was that was a fun moment, actually. That was, And it was quite a long story. Yeah. Um, so what was your frowny face for this okay. week? Frowny face? Yeah. Probably shouldn't have been as big a frowny face as it was. Okay. But yesterday, yeah. we closed on our new house. I don't know how that is not both of our smiley faces. I don't, but it's not mine either. So it maybe it was just too large. It's just too large to be an actual smiley face. It's well, like a whole grin. So until we sell the other house, yes. it's it's like, boy, it's we'd true. like to celebrate yes. this, but we yes. can't. Yes. But when you go in and you're closing on... On a document, closing on a house, those of you that have done it, most of you have, um, it's 45 minutes of signing papers. Yes. And I sat down at the table and they gave me this cheap little 
pen mm -hmm. and I am a pen snob and I reached I'm like well I'm just going to use my pen mm -hmm. and I didn't have my pen and I always have my pen in my pocket and so I reached I couldn't find it anywhere and it was in the van and I decided not to go get it back in the van um, and so I had to sign all of those documents with a really inferior subpar pen that did not roll didn't have the right weight to it it was it bothered me. It, it bothered did. me a great deal. It did. And all the other people at the table are like, and I think get over that it, our realtor finally looked at him and said, and she happens to be a church member and she happens to be a good friend that we've gotten to know. So it was very comfortable. But she said, listen, adapt and accommodate because she really <laughs> was, you know, yeah, it was clearly not a good moment for you. But um, but I'm not looking for like an expensive, no, expensive and like, pen. They're like, but they come in a four pack. Any pen that comes in a four pack yeah. cannot be that fancy of a pen. It's the Uniball Signo 207. They now, also are never going to sponsor sometimes this Sometimes I get the Uniball <laughs> Signal 207 and it's the yes. ultra fine, but this is just the regular 207. Yeah. All right. So, you. what do you got for a smiley and frowny? Um, we should always end on a happy note. Okay. I guess. Well, at least for our two episodes that we'll have so far. So, I will start with my frowny note. My frowny face is that um, we had Adam and two other grad assists from USM come to the house over the weekend, and I wanted them to feel very welcome. They were coming and staying here because they were going to a music theory conference in Baton Rouge. So. They came and stayed at the house, but I wanted them to feel very welcome, so I put out the coffee, I put out a basket of snacks, I bought special stuff for them, and they didn't eat a bite of it, and my frowny <laughs> face is that I've been eating way too many Pop-Tarts this week. <laughs> so what they didn't eat, you did? Yeah. Right. And I got strawberry Pop-Tarts because you like strawberry Pop-Tarts, and yes. I like blueberry Pop-Tarts, and I didn't get blueberry because I thought that might be weird, and really, I'm ending up, I'm eating strawberry Pop-Tarts, and that's just just a frowny face for me. Okay. Now, my smiley face, ironically, also has to do with food, which I think is really funny because we talked, yours was McDonald's. You opened with a donut from yeah, Raceway. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, we clearly have a food thing going on this week. But uh, my smiley is that we ate dinner tonight at our house which we have lived in this house for almost three months. And I can count on one hand the number of times that we've eaten dinner here. Yeah, because, it's not been a lot. No, but we've been busy. We've been running. We've, we've been, been in, having invited, yeah, invited yeah. other places and everything. So it's really good, and we've never been hungry. That's for sure. We have Pop-Tarts to prove it. But I was just really happy because tonight we ate dinner. It was hot, and it was real, and it was cooked, and I needed dishes to do it. And, like, it was a real meal at our house for dinner. So yeah. that made me smile. Okay. Another smiley face was the, the kids that you hey, mentioned. Hey, 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 you're I'm going sorry. over. What, like, I thought it was one smiley, one frowny. So, all right, go ahead. I'll give you no. a cheater smile. That's good. We just had a good time with those kids that were here that yes. was part of the music theory cons. They were, yeah. Young 20-somethings. Really, really smart yeah. and Working loved listening there. to them talk yeah. over our heads. It was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Working fun. on their master's degree in music theory, which we don't really understand. But they were they were good kids. It was yeah. enjoyable. That they was should fun. have eaten a few more snacks and Pop-Tarts. <laughs> so that's it. We wrap up for this week. Um, a week. Well, yeah, we wrap up. A little yeah. bit of the word, a little bit of life. So right. we'll so, see you all next time.